0: I'm your co-host, Olivia. And I'm your co-host, Kennedy. And welcome to the macabre. Alright, so I'm going to be talking about the murder of Thomas Wayne Grammer. And more, I don't want to say more interestingly, but kind of, the way it was solved, because it was solved in a really, really bizarre way. So I'm going to go backwards, um, kind of in the way the police had it, done it, because, like, they had very little information at the beginning until this interesting thing happened. So in 2004, on May 7th, 36-year-old Thomas Wayne Grammer was shot multiple times inside his second floor Lenox Street apartment in Lakeland, Florida. And there was very little information. Um, they ju- All that they knew was two men and one woman forced entry into his apartment early in the morning, and they shot him, obviously. So that's all they know. Fast forward. Fast forward or... No, fast forward to three years later. Oh, shit. Oh. In 2007, Florida jails introduced a playing card set called the Cold Case Homicide Playing Cards. And each card would have, like, the victim's face and, like, a synopsis of, like, what had happened to them. Why would they be doing that? And they gave them to the inmates. Oh, good. <laughs> So that the inmates could give tips if they heard someone talking about something. And it worked. Oh. That's kind of smart, but also super weird. Yeah. They kind of got this idea from the Iraqi Most Wanted playing cards. Yeah, that's what... My dad talked about that. Yeah. How they all each got, like, different cards. And then when they would... Yeah, that's what this was inspired by was the Iraqi Most Wanted playing cards. Um but these were like prioritized by like the date of the crime in florida so like the oldest ones were the aces and they went all the way back to the 70s so the three of spades was the picture of grammar and included a brief description and the key facts of his murder so an inmate in the jail recognized his picture and name because he had heard another inmate talking about being involved in the murder. Really? Which, by the way, why are you talking about this man that you murdered in well, prison? Prison people always worry about their shit because, like, there's, like, a hierarchy in prison. I guess, but it's stupid because it got him convicted again. It's so like, hey, you no. Know. it really awesome. So this guy, one of the guys, Jason C. Wright, was already in jail for murder. A different one. How long did he have already? Um, I don't remember how much his original one was, but he was already in there for murder. And then he gets this new murder charge because of the inmate in the jail that, like, you know, was like, hey, you're an idiot. So when they, like, charged him, he was very, very quickly convicted and sentenced to another 12 years in prison. So another, so he was in there for 12 years already? Or... No. Oh, just, like, an extra... A, an additional 12 okay. years. So, because he was, like, convicted, he, like, gave up information about the other two people who were with him. And one of them... Fucking snitch. <laughs> right. Was Reggie Williams, and the woman was Marianne Wimberly. And this is when they start telling us, like, what happened. Because... They took, like, a plea to tell us what happened to get, like, a lesser sentence, I guess. Um, And so Wimberly was the one, the woman who was kind of, like, basically spilled everything. Because the guys didn't say too much, but she told them everything. (laughs) Um, So Grammer, the guy who got killed, was a meth dealer. Just kidding. But he was very cautious. What a cautious king! Like, he was very cautious of who he let into his home. Like, he only let his friends in. Like, well, that's really fair. If you're a junkie, like, you stealing your fucking drugs. Yeah. Way. The bad part was, was Wimberly was a friend of Grammer's. And so she brought um, the two guys, C. Wright and Williams, and robbed him of his drugs and money. And Wimberley was like, no one was supposed to get hurt. Like, it was just supposed to be a robbery. They're just, like, silly, goofy mood, I guess. So, this was at 3.15 in the morning. She knocks on his door, and the guys ambush him. But he fought back. King shit. And so they shot him. Oh, God. So he was hit and died in the hospital. Oh. I don't know why I went, oh. Like, that was, like, whatever he died. So. Yeah. So, obviously, he was, the c Wright guy, was charged with first-degree murder, armed burglary, and attempted armed robbery charges. Oh my God. Crazy. Um, but he was like, I didn't shoot him. That was the other guy. Or shoot him to death. He wasn't the one who gave, like, the fatal blow. Was oh, like, he shot him, but, like, he was like, yes yeah. it didn't fucking kill him, though. Like- yeah, he was like, it was the other guy. Not me sorry about it um so grammar's death was the first solved by these cards but since then like i think three or four additional cases some of them being the ones from the 70s have been solved by inmates playing the cards that's like fucking i love that yeah and i have a picture of the cards or like a couple of the cards that I'll post because they're really cool. And then I have a picture of Grammar's card also. Um, but I thought it was really cool that they were just like, Here's some playing cards, solve these murders. Yeah. Really short one for this week, but I thought oh it was God, really cool. A whole seven minutes. I know. Good thing it's only seven minutes because yours is gonna be long. Mine's gonna be a hundred years. So I just want to go with a short little, look, like, kind of happy one. That's not happy. At it's all. not happy that he got murdered, but it's happy that they've been helping to solve. Yeah. So and mine's interesting. Worked, uh, a lot. Um, I think there's eight total pages of notes. So. Why do you hate me? <laughs> <laughs> all right, so we're bringing it to Liverpool. In the UK vibes I had to add an accent in there That wasn't even good, I'm sorry mm-hmm. Um, anyway Uh, RIP that accent we we'll are never do it again mm-hmm. That's not true Yeah, but I was gonna say you're I, definitely gonna do it again I'm gonna do it again, that's okay So I'm doing the case over James Bulger. A lot of, I don't know if a lot of people in America know this But a lot of people in the UK definitely know this case Because it is so intense So Good Yep. Can you ever just do, like, mild ones? I did. I did... Mary Vincent wasn't... Not mild. That wasn't mild. But she survived. Okay, but that's not mild. You're right. What happened there was actually horrible. Um, You've never done a mild one. Why can't you just do mild? Because I don't want to do mild. (laughs) I want to do up in your face. So, actually, before I start, I just want to put a quick old trigger warning on this because, um... This is going to be the death of a two-year-old, so... Awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be super graphic as well, because I will be putting it in there, but I will let you know when it gets graphic. I'm not gonna get too into it, though, because... I don't believe you. No, I won't, I promise, because it, 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 it's a lot. It's a lot, a lot. And I have listened to their interviews, so you can actually listen to the Killers interviews as well. Oh, the Killers interview. Good. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Who was interviewed? What else would it be? Like the parents. You can listen to that too. I don't want to. It's probably so sad. It. Yeah, it's devastating. Anyway. (laughs) Anyway. Um. So, James Bulger was born March sixteenth, nineteen ninety, in Liverpool. His parents were Denise and Ralph Bulger. Um, so let's start it when they go out. So, February 12th in 1993, a friend of Denise's asked her to go to Strand Shopping Center and Denise now says it was the biggest mistake of her life. Good. Yep. Because it was cold that day, Denise dressed her two-year-old son, James, in his blue winter coat, gloves, and a scarf. Now, they had been shopping for a while and around 1.45 p.m., Denise decided to go to the butcher shop. And the Strand shopping center is really weird. Because i it's like a mall, but I've never heard of a mall with a butcher shop in it. But it has a butcher shop in it. It's the UK. It's, it's the UK. So, a butcher shop. Yeah. So before she leaves, Denise and James... Decide to go. Well, James doesn't really decide to. But she he's like, it. "Oh my God, Mom! You know what we should do? Mommy, let's go to the butcher shop. Yummy, yummy! I'm hungry for some meat, my guy. <laughs> That's what he said. Yeah, what? for sure. Word for word. <laughs> 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 he didn't just like babble. Because <laughs> he said two, you can talk well, it. Yeah, but not like full. <laughs> <listen>. <laughs> You're not telling your mom what to do. <laughs> yeah. Well, you might be, but it's not very. I was. It. Yeah. Me love you, her. mama. See? <laughs> <laughs> How <laughs> do we always get back to my mom? <laughs> because we love her. Alright, so around 1.45pm, Denise goes into the butcher shop and she has... She is holding James's hand, but as she goes to pay, she lets go of his hand and grabs her wallet to pay for the pork chops that she had bought. Uh-oh. At this point... Nope. She... Looks back down, Mm -mm. and he's gone. God damn it. Yep. That, that, that's crazy. I know. She was. Because that means that person was, like, behind her. Oh, we'll get to it. (gasps) Yep. Don't want to do it. It only took a minute and 31 seconds for James to be abducted and taken out of Strand. Mm -mm. That's all it took. A minute and 31 seconds. I'm never going anywhere again, so. <laughs> if I have our kids, they're never leaving. They're... I, I'm going to get one of those child leashes. <laughs> no, because they can, like, unhook them. Because they hook the leash hooks to them. I'm getting handcuffs. No, I'm just going to put it in my purse. Put, put <laughs> it in my purse. Put it in my purse. <laughs> put in like my... a dog? Yes. It's going to be a chihuahua, like, purse bag, but it's going to be for the kids. What about when they get older? No. They well, can't get older? <laughs> they can't get old. I'm just going to buy ha- a set of handcuffs. Just <laughs> <laughs> No one can get out. So. Yeah. Well, I'd have the key, but the key would be at home. How are you gonna drive home? I only need one hand, baby girl. That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're never going anywhere. All right. So, forty minutes into his disappearance, Mandy Waller, a beat cop in Strand, was a what? A beat cop. Like, so, uh, do you not know what a beat cop is? Like. Like the fruit? Or I mean the vegetable? No! They call it beat top because it's just like... Like a a beat boxer? (laughs) (laughs) You're under arrest. (laughs) Yeah, bitch. No. You're (laughs) under (laughs) (laughs) arrest. Get my car. (laughs) You have the right to make silence. (laughs) Yes. That's exactly (laughs) what that is. No, beat top is just like a regular top. This is, like, a normal cop that does, like, patrol. So it's a cop. Just say that. (laughs) It's a beat cop. So it's, like, a, like, it's their first year kind of cop. Oh, so, like, a rookie. Kind of, yeah. Okay, that makes more sense. But mine's funnier. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it's better. (laughs) But no. That's what they should require the rookies (laughs) to do. (laughs) Like, you have to rap to every person. Everything. Every person you ever arrest, you have to rap to them. Yeah. That's just what you gotta do. Beatbox, bitch. So, anyway, (laughs) Mandy Waller gets a call about the missing child, about James, and um, Denise automatically, she said that a minute without her son felt like an hour. Yeah. So, she started thinking about him in the freezing cold, all alone. He's not alone, I promise. And just being upset. You don't even know. You don't know what's out there. Well, someone took him. I doubt he's alone. Okay, they didn't just take him. Well, she doesn't know that. She just thought he wandered off right now. Oh, that's a fair first assumption. Yeah, that's what I mean. Because you're a two year old, and two year olds do stupid. Shit. I, my dad locked oh, down in Walmart for me because I was hiding in clothes. You know well, and he my find me. what my dad did? He ran me over with a Walmart card. <laughs> <laughs> that's cute. True story. I, I was like riding on the front, you know, mm-hmm. and then I like, I like fell off. And he didn't notice. He just kept going. (laughs) Holy shit. Like, the tires didn't go over me. I just fit right in between it. You fit in between the tires? Like, the little wheels. Like, I didn't get, like, run over, run over, but the cart went over me. (laughs) I love that for you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. That's everything. (laughs) No. um... We're great. Where are we? Oh, yeah, so... She was thinking about him freezing and all that stuff, and so then four hours into his disappearance, it starts, like, it is a lengthy time until they find him, so four hours go by, and Merseyside Police CID, aka Criminal Investigation Department, takes over the search for James. And every single, so this is where it gets confusing, because Strand and Boodle are places, But I think the shopping center is in between the places. So, like, they're on the line. So, um, Mandy Waller is from Strand, is a Strand cop. And then all available officers in Boodle were the ones that were all in on that search. Okay. So, four hours in, Denise um, was asked to be interviewed at the police station, obviously, to get her statement. And she said it was so hard. Leaving the place she had first entered with her son and then leaving without him. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, the police ended up getting a call from a witness saying they had seen a young child crying by the canal and... Where's the canal? The canal ran alongside of Strand Stopping Center, so it was right there. Okay. And so, a Merseyside detective, Jim Fitzsimmons, just assumed maybe he had fallen in. Because it's so easy to access it. Mm -hmm. And so anybody could easily just fall over. Because there's no rails on it. Oh, good. Yeah. It's just like, it's like there's like a sidewalk. And then it's like a little bit of a high wall. And you could just roll into the canal. So it wouldn't be hard for a two-year-old to wander off and then fall into that canal. So after nine hours... Since he had been missing at 1.10 a.m., that Simmons gets a call from another detective asking to look at the CCTV TV footage mm-hmm. in the mall. Smart. Yep. I guess it would more be a shopping center. They call it a center, not a mall. Like a strip mall. No. It's, like, literally a mall. Like, there's shops inside of this big building. Oh, So, so it's basically formed like a mall, but they call it a shopping center because I don't think... Because there's a butcher shop in it, so I feel like it's just... Yeah. I don't know, um so um, he takes a look at the footage, and it shows two year old James hand in hand with two other boys. <laughs> yep, oh, thank you. Fitzsimmons assumed that they were looking for boys between the ages of twelve and fifteen he's two he's two, and the abductors were twelve to fifteen years old. Oh, yeah. They was like, he's two years old, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. But no, James okay. was found hand in hand. I was hand. just confused by the way you said it, I Okay, think. well, I'll rephrase it. No, I, I got it now. You got it? Yeah. Okay, so, um, Mandy Waller and the police obviously assumed that since young boys had taken James, they were like, maybe they just took him to play. They didn't assume that it was going to be anything less than just innocent. They thought it was... No malicious intent. Yes, exactly. And Denise actually felt relief. She said that she thought the boys were way too young to cause her son harm. So she just was like, oh my God, I'm getting him back. Like, he's going to come back. Like, it's going to be fine. So 17 hours go by, and Denise and her then husband, Ralph, were asked to speak at a press conference for their son. So she was- That's busy. a fast press conference? Well, yeah, they always do it, like, right after. A press conference is, like, as soon as- Is it? hmm I thought they were, like, a day or so later. It can be, I guess, but usually it's- just, Especially if it's a child. That's fair. They call it the golden- Like, the golden time or whatever. It's at least 24 or 48 hours. Did they have amber alerts, then? Yeah. It is that anything in 1992? the UK? I'm assuming. I'm gonna Google it while you work. Okay, well, I weren't. (laughs) No, but anyway. Um, Denise and Ralph did the press conference with their son. Of course, the police also um, did the press conference telling people about the suspects, about the abductors, about the boys in the CCTV footage. But of course, it being 1993, it was super blurry. And all you could see is that they were white males and young boys. And that's all you could really tell. And one was wearing a leather jacket. Um, it's not called an Amber Alert, because the A in Amber stands for America, but they do have their own version of it. Okay. I figured they might. But 32 hours after that, Fitzsimmons said that he truly believed that they would find him on Saturday completely unharmed. Because, again, he was with, with children, children. With other children. Like babies mm-hmm but then on february 14th sunday 39 hours after they had combed the ground near the reservoir reservoir in the morning where um a witness had earlier claimed to have seen the boy or seen james and residents near that area were also there asked to check their gardens so maybe like they had wandered off in somebody's backyard, playing around, and they just didn't notice. Um, then Mandy Waller and Denise were driving. Waller thought it would be a good idea to help calm Denise down, and was like, "Let's just go for a ride. Let's go. Let's go find him. And if we might be able to see something in the car, it'll be fine. Like it'll be okay." And then Denise gets a call they had found a child's young body. The body was found two and a half miles away from Strand on a railroad. On like the, on the railway, yep, right by it, yep. And then Denise automatically knew what had happened. She knew that it was her son and she described herself as a quote, mother without her baby, unquote. Now, James's uncle was the one that came and identified the body. Um, Denise took all of this, this entire thing so hard, obviously. But she, um, like, she just honestly, like, if you watch the press conference, like, she is a wreck. Like, it's one of the saddest things to watch ever. So, James' James's uncle comes in and identifies the body. And the police were now obviously investigating this as a murder because of what they had seen from the scene. And I will get into it in a little bit of what you've seen. I will. And so they were now considering this a murder case, and they were looking for children with a violent past or current aggressive behavior. Throughout the investigation, over 60 boys were questioned, and nothing came up. They were like, This is going nowhere. So, um, they also concluded that from where James's body was found, him and the two other boys had walked two and a half miles on foot. That's a long way for not a two-year-old. For me? Yeah. I can't do that. And it was in the cold, too. Yeah. Um, the railway was also located in Walton Line, so now I have three fucking towns. We need a map. Yeah. So. We have a whiteboard. Go draw it. I don't want to do that. I don't even know where they're all placed. I was trying to figure it out. I was looking it up. I was like, what is this? What is this? What is this? And it was like the most confusing garbage I have ever seen in my life. Well, that's the UK for you. So they're just three towns <laughs> in Merseyside. It said it was like a metropolis city thing. I don't even know. Mm-hmm. I'm sure if a UK listener would ever be so kind and just let us know what the hell that means, that'd be good. Mm. So most of our listeners are Italians though. Italians, get Italians, us ready. if you know what the UK is talking about, let us know. Let us know, dog. You're in Europe, so. Of course, it's there. So, a business owner of a store called Amik? Mm-hmm. Amik? I don't know what that is, but it's a business. Got it. And so, the manager, actually, it was a business owner. I'm stupid. I don't know why I said manager. Anyway, a business owner of Amik looked at their car park camera footage. And that's where it had shown the three boys. So it had shown the two abductors and James. And you couldn't really see anything because it was blurry, but you could see the height difference. Yeah. Because they were like, it was like one of them, and James was like in the middle, and then the other one. And so when they looked at it, they realized that these boys were younger than 12 years old. So they were now looking for a younger than 12 years old violent child. Two. Two of them. So, Fitzsimmons ended up getting a call from an officer in Walton Lane. Um, This was, like, the big break that they were needing. Um, A woman had come into the station and said that she was at a family friend's and her son had come home a mess on Friday the 12th. That was the day that James went missing. She said that he was dirty and he had paint on his jacket and he was with a friend from school. They were later confirmed to be the boys named John Venables and Robert Thompson. The police went to the school, called the school, and checked their attendee list, and John and Robert were not at school that day. they weren't. John was... What grade are they? Um, I can't tell you it'll get the age. I want to surprise you on how old they are. I don't... I want to know right now. <laughs> no. So... John was not usually the one to skip school, but Robert was a frequent truant. And he also lived in Walton Lane Village that wasn't very far from Strand. So both of these boys had skipped school that day. Because Walton Lane is where the railroad was, right? Yeah. Okay. But where, they lived, where he lived in the village wasn't far from yeah. the Strand Shopping Center. So on February 18th, 7 a.m., After the five-day investigation, officers dispatched to arrest John Venables. John Venables was arrested. The detectives, well, they didn't necessarily arrest him because of how old he was, but I will tell you how old he is in just a second. So they basically told him why they're there and that they were taken to the police station to question him, but he was being, they were dispatched to arrest them. And then Venables asked, looked at one of the police detectives and asked, are you going to talk to Robert? So, a second team of police officers arrest Thompson. Now, I want you to take a good old guess. Seven and eight. No. Younger? No. Oh, thank God. (laughs) Actually, six and four. Uh, Nine and ten? Close. They were both ten. So, that's fun. Now, Detective Lori Dalton was the one that went to Thompson's house and arrested him, Robert Thompson. Um, he was very familiar with the Thompson family, and he said that he had never seen Robert so scared in his life. He said his eyes were darting, and his eyes were very wide. Well, yeah, he killed a child. Now... These two boys were taken to two separate police stations. Good. And they were three miles away from each other. Also good. <laughs> the interviews, so they were arrested at 7 a.m. And the interviews started at 5 p.m. So these boys are exhausted. They're exhausted and they've been in the police station forever. Getting booked. Well. They are, they've got their prints. No, I mean like, well. Good. You, you gotta, you gotta know what you gotta do, baby girl. Well, not about murder, I mean about booking them. Yeah. Anyway. So, when they, the detective said that then when they were interviewing, when you interview children, you have to show evidence that they understand right from wrong and what truth and lies are. So, they ended up doing that and the boys completely knew what right and wrong is. They knew what truth and lies were. They gave examples of it. They understood completely. So, um, before I get into the interviews... There were final interviews with the boys, but they were withheld from the court because the details were deemed too disturbing. Oh. Yep. Four good. tapes. Four tapes from those interviews were never made public. I want to hear it. So- and were withheld from the court. I don't wanna hear it. So bad. Alright, so Robert seemed extremely unfazed, and he was very, very cocky and competent most of the time. Um When the detectives asked what his hobbies were, he said, skipping school, and then started laughing. (laughs) Me too. Um, But Robert also admitted quicker than John that they were both at Strand during that day when they skipped school. Yeah, you are always like, he was there too. Yeah. <laughs> they ended up turning on each other very fast. Because <laughs> they're 10. They're 10, but also what the detectives would do was that they would say, well, John told me this, that this happened. And you go, well, he's a liar. He didn't do that. <laughs> we didn't do that. So they ended up turning on each other very, very quickly. I love that. Like, if adults do that, children are going to do that. You and me. <laughs> I'd be like, she did it. <laughs> so That's fucking bitch. So this is how Roberts says Robert says, the story goes. He says um, that they were on the escalator and ended up seeing James and his mother coming through the doors of Strand. So they were already there and they were, like, before they had gotten into Strand, they were taking their time and they were stealing stuff. Yeah. And they were going in and causing ruckus and just being absolutely annoying because children. Because 10-year-olds and <clears throat> delinquent, fucking talking 10-year-olds too. So, Robert says that they had seen James running around. So, at that time, James is not with his mother. And then John says, come here, come here. Yeah. He gets James to come over to John, and he grabbed his hand and walked out of Strand. Uh-uh. Yep. Robert then says "Um, to John, like, he was... In the interview, he was going, I told him to take it back. I told him to take it back. And then he started crying and says, I'm going to get all the blame. And so when this happened, the detective says when he cried, there were no tears. And every time he cried, he got a Mars bar and a Coke. So he would cry and then he would get rewards. The detective called him calculating. I hate that. Yeah. Now, Robert denies killing or taking James. So he says that John killed James. John took James. I was just there. Now, he also says, if I wanted to kill a baby, wouldn't I kill my own? That's direct quote. He had a baby brother at the time. And that's who he was referring to. Ew, was his baby brother. Yeah. Just don't kill anybody. Let's not be killing people. Don't be doing it. Now, the detective asks if James said anything during this time. And when he... So Robert says yes, but when he does says what he said, what James said, he mimics James. Oh! He says it as if it were James. Love that. Because what James had said, kept saying, was, I want my mum. Because he's a British king. What? What? He's not a king. He's British, though. I love that for him. Okay, but he's not a good person. I wasn't... Ta- I was talking about James, not... Oh. Oh, sorry. That, I guess, that can be confusing. No, I meant James is a British king. We love him. Are they both named James? What? No. Robert? John and James. John and James. I get them confused. Well, I was talking... This is Robert right now. Robert Robert mocked the two-year-old. Mm-hmm. He said it like this. Are you ready? I want me mean, Like, as if he were James and said it like that. In that documentary I was watching, they played it twice. As if I didn't already hear it the (laughs) first time. And I got so many fucking chills. It was disgusting. That kid is so gross. He upsets me. Now, we're going to get into John's. John adamantly denies going to Strand at first. He goes... I never. He, I didn't do it. No, he kept saying, I never, I never, we never, I never. Like, he would continuously say that over and over and He's over again. He annoying. <laughs> he was. <laughs> he is creepy also. Like, his him as a child is terrifying to look at. Like, Robert looks like just, like, an average little chubby cherub kid, even though he was a piece of shit, too. But John looks gross. <laughs> he is scary. Right. So... A manager from a shop in Strand reported that the kids that he claimed were John and Robert. They were he was adamant that it was them. They were touching the door and they were touching the windows and it was on the 12th and so the detectives went back and lifted the fingerprints and they had matched John. So John was lying and they already <laughs> knew that. <laughs> so I mean yeah. So obviously they well, were, like trying, you were there. They were catching him in a lie and they said that is a lie John. I need you to tell me the truth. And Then he says, well, then he says it was John, like, his own idea to take him, but it was Robert's idea to kill him. So. Okay. Yeah. So, what the detectives did notice, though, is that in the beginning, John's mom was like, oh my god, I can't believe you, like, went to Strand. Like, he said, that's what the mom was upset about? Well, because he was lying. And she was upset that he was lying, but she obviously never, like, was like, oh my god, he definitely did this. Oh. Because he was like, Mommy, you know I would never do this. Mom, you know I would never do this. She was, I know, baby. I, you would never hurt a little boy. Like, you would never do that. About that. So, he was... So, like, he was like, Yeah, we went to Strand, but I never took that baby and things like that. And so then the mother turned around and was like, You went to Strand? And so then the detectives told her that you need to calm down. You need to stop upsetting him because he's not going to answer our questions. And so... um. John's mother tells him to tell the truth, and that's when he admits that he killed James. Yikes. Yep. Now, this is John's side. So, they went to the canal. So, the beginning is still true that they saw James. John took him by the hand. John was the one that lured him out. And then they went out to the canal. They both had agreed to push James into the water. So, Why? I don't know, because they're fucked. So, Robert was down, and he was trying to get James to look into the water. Kneel down and look into the water. He was like, come on, like, look in the water. Like, it's so pretty. And James yeah. refused. He said, I'm, well, honestly, it wasn't, like, I'm not going to do that. But he just, did <laughs> really, he didn't want like, you stupid idiot. <laughs> God, I'm not that down, too, and I'm not crazy. <laughs> no, he refused, because he was obviously scared because he was with strangers yeah so that is when robert got angry and picked up james and threw him back on the ground so that's when i hate everything yep james now had a bruise and a very big bump on his forehead yeah so james immediately started crying and they ran away from the canal they were like they left him there and they were like oh my Oh. Like he's creating so much noise, I'm scared. But then they decided to go back. Oh. And that's when they put his he was wearing his coat still and they had and they had put the hood up to keep from looking at his head. Um So that's when they decided to walk all the way to the railway. And that's when they started throwing bricks at him. <gasps> bricks? Yep. John blamed Robert for every single violent act. But Robert claims that John threw a brick at his face. (gasps) Oh my God. Mm -hmm. And then that's when John hit him with a metal bar until he was unconscious and they got scared and ran away. What the fuck? Oh, it gets worse. Why? Yep. (sighs) This is the... okay. What did he do to them? Like, what? what the fuck? He was a child. He was two. He didn't do anything to them. That's what I'm saying. Now, I'm going to get into James's autopsy. So, this is going to be a lot for a lot of people. It was a lot for me. Actually. It's going to be a lot for me. I already hate this. I started tearing up, so it's going to be a lot. Um. So, here we go. So, this is when the paint comes back. If you remember, I mentioned that... It was that on his clothes. It was on John's jacket, yeah. Because the one who had called from the station was... Um, John's mother. So they had stolen paint from a mall, Good. from the mall, and they ended up, this is, I'm not going to say who did what, because it's a lot of he said, he said Oh kind of thing. So this is how they assume it happened, but they don't know really who did what because they- It could have been either of them. Yeah, because they keep blaming each other for- this entire situation. So, um, they had brought blue paint that they had stolen and they splashed it in Bolger's left eye. And then, they had both, they both did do this. They both, um, sorry, I'm gonna gonna say it. (laughs) Then they ended up kicking him and they pummeled him with bricks and stones. Um, Then they had So, Robert was adamantly denying this, of course. And he was saying, I didn't do this. So, they had seized Robert's shoes and they kept it from... They didn't untie it or anything from the day that... From Friday. Because, obviously, when you're a kid, you just take off your shoes. and You don't, like, untie your shoes. And they had metal... They called them D-loops. So, they were just, like, metal... Like, you know how, like, there's holes in your shoes to put the shoelaces? Instead of that, it was, like little ring like metal rings okay and so they had done a thing where they put a life-size doll and they put the shoe against the face of the doll and it showed an exact match to um james's face the markings so it had proved that robert did in fact hurt james and beat him so after they had beaten him One of the two boys stuffed batteries into his mouth. Oh, my God. And then, I'm assuming it was John. um, He hit Bulger over the head with a 22-pound bar. At 10 years old, I could not lift 22 pounds, first of all. Maybe that's just me. But what kind of crack were these kids on? I don't know. So, by the time this had ended... James had 42 injuries, 30 blows from brick stones, the metal bar and feet. Authorities later said that they could not tell which injury represented the fatal blow because he had way too many. Now they do not know when this happened, but James lower clothing were removed. Now, John says that he's the one that took off his jacket, and Robert took off his pants and his underwear. So, the detectives believe that the boys may have sexually assaulted him as well. Oh my god. But they are not sure whether it was before he died or after he died. Now, this is the part where it really fucking hit me hard. <laughs> not the rest of it? No, this is this fucking brings it all in. I don't want to hear it. You're going to hear it in it, isn't it? This is, no, but this is the part that like made me tear up and like almost start crying, okay? So. No, I'm not ready. Well, trigger fucking warning big time. So. Do I get to leave? No. <laughs> I'm really sorry. So. They obviously realized that Bulger was dead. And then they had panicked. So, what they had done was they had placed him on the tracks of the train and wanted to make it look like an accident. And that's when James was severed in too. Now they had asked John why they had taken his clothes off and he kept shouting, I don't know, I don't know. <laughs> so I think you do. <laughs> I think you actually do. So Oh my god. Yep. On February 20th, the boys were charged with James' murder. They were the youngest children in the UK to be charged with murder in over a hundred years. And that's when Denise finally felt relief that her child was finally at peace, and this could happen to no other child ever again. In March, they held James's funeral at Sacred Heart Church in Kirkby. And November 1st, the boys stand trial and Preston Crown Court. The prosecution called 38 witnesses that saw the boys make the two-and-a-half-mile journey from Strand to the railway. Now, listen. James could have been saved several times. Oh there were plenty God. of people who intervened and asked questions, but they said, I'm returning to the police station. I'm their brother. I'm this and that. Some had even witnessed the abuse (gasps) on the way to the railway. Robert had punched him, and they saw it, and they did nothing. What the fuck? One woman saw him do that, and she closed her curtains. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, Of course, some did intervene, and one woman was at the corner of a market, and she was like, I'm going to take you guys to the station, but I have my daughter with me. So she asked a kind old woman if she could watch her child while she goes helps goes and helps these three children. But the old lady said, "My dog doesn't she's with her dog, and she said, "My dog does not like children. like I can't do that. Like I can't watch your child." The woman with the daughter said that she felt so guilty for not fully intervening and that she could have stopped it, but she was with her daughter, and she didn't know what to do. So she was kind of stuck in a rock, in a hard place. And so, um, there were 38 people, though. It wasn't just her that could have stopped it. There were plenty of people that questioned the boys, and they came up with a suitable reason, and they let them go. Um, Denise says that she does not blame the witnesses for not intervening. I don't know how you could, but um, go her, I guess, with her forgiveness. I would be pissed. <laughs> um I'm pissed right now. Yeah. So they she Denise ended up not going to the trial, but she went to the, to listen to the verdict. Because when you do the trial, you go through every single minor detail of what had happened, and she did not want to listen to that and listen to what they had done to her son. Obviously. Yeah. Um so when she had come in, she witnessed the boys laughing. Just Giggling. Like, tee-hee. LOL. Um, But the verdict was in, and the boys were found guilty. Obviously. Yep. And they were sentenced to serve at Her Majesty's pleasure. And apparently, that's a standard for all protocol and juvenile offenders, and so there's no maximum for this. But um, it does have a minimum, and it's determined case by case. So... The judge looked at them and he said, you will see, like you boys will see very, very many years in prison. And everyone felt so much relief from that when he had said that. Now, let's talk about what actually happened. These boys spent eight years in a secure child's home. That's it? Yep. So they got out when they were adults. They got out when they were 18 years old, and they did not spend a single moment in prison. You're kidding me. No. They didn't spend a single moment in prison. At all. How the fuck? How does that even happen? UK got. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. Good point. So, Robert went to Barton Moss Manchester, and and John went to Red Bank Merseyside. They were both 12 miles away from each other. Mm -hmm. Um, In both child's homes, they did a monthly interview with every single patient in there. Um, One of the interviewers, when they went to Robert, she said that during monthly interviews, he was seen curled up in his chair, sucking his thumb. So she noticed that he had basically regressed into an infant. And they let him out? Yep. Yep. Now, the, this other interviewer that interviewed John said that he was severely disturbed and troubled. So he once was joking with the interviewer about fighting, and the interviewer said, you couldn't pull the skin off pudding, which is like the thin layer of pudding. It's like, yeah, it's like the you couldn't hurt a fly kind of thing. Yeah. And you know what John said? No, I'm going to say it. Quote, oh, yeah, bring your baby here. I'll batter it. Unquote. I hate that kid. Oh, it gets worse. I don't. In June two thousand and one, the boys were released. They were. It's called a life license. I looked. I tried to look up what that meant, and it kept saying that it was a driver's license. And I know <laughs> for a fact that's not what that is. No. Yeah. They so. got out of jail, got driver's license. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously. Da. I'm guessing it's a form of parole, Yeah, from what I can think, but it for their entire lives. So, they got new identities and lifelong anonymity. So, they were protected, basically, by the UK. They protected uh, child torturers and murderers. So, yep. Yeah. Now, today, Robert has not breached his license, so he's out and about doing whatever. He's doing what he's supposed to be doing. Like, not murdering people. Yep. But, um. I'm guessing the other one's not. John is a different fucking story. Hmm. <laughs> John has been in and out of prison with his new identity. I don't know what it is. I would definitely say it out in public. I don't even care. <laughs> I, would just, I would just say it. I would say his new fucking name. I don't even care. Um, in 2010, John was sentenced to two years in prison for making 57 child pornographic photos and distur- distributing seven of them he was then released of course he was and in 2017 he was arrested for the same thing yeah he tried to appeal and he was denied in 2020. so i don't know if he's still in prison currently i doubt it so that's what happened and we can get into denise's life really quick after everything that happened um after the death of james her and her husband ralph divorced because it was just too much for them it just completely shattered them mm-hmm. and then in 1998 she married a man named Stuart and had three sons with him one of whom one of her sons is now a new father so she's a grandmother she said that she couldn't believe that she had finally had a new family she just couldn't she just couldn't bear the thought of having another family. And then she finally found a way to live with what had happened to James and um, keep his memory alive. They spend time at James's grave, and they take care of it. Her husband, Stuart, um, sweeps the leaves off of the little pavement near his grave. They see him every single birthday, and they talk about him constantly within the household. So they... That's- yeah, she is adamant about keeping his memory alive. He said she says that when he was a baby, he was always trying to make people laugh, that he when he learned how to walk, he was always walking into rooms and then when he learned how to run, he was constantly running into rooms and he was just a very happy little baby. So that is the sad, depressing tale of James Bulger and what had happened. To their, his abductors, and they got nothing, like nothing no at justice at all. So <sighs> that's what happened. Well, that was good. Awful. Do you love it? Nope. Of all the cases we've ever done, that one hits, huh? Uh huh. Hits home, not home, but no, it hits. But it it hits, hits hard. Different. I know because it's one of the most gruesome things I've ever heard in my life. Like, I thought it was gonna be like a, oh my god, we accidentally, like, killed this kid, like, panic, like, little kids, like. This was intentional. Yep. Not like, like they went out looking for someone to murder, but once they had him, you know? Oh, wait, I actually forgot to mention before James, the same exact day, they had tried to abduct two other children. So they were. Yeah, okay. They were but luckily the mother had found both of her children and as soon as they were caught john said go back to your mother and they and that's when james was caught and lured away so they definitely planned to kill somebody kill the child i've no doubt in my mind so well that was awful <laughs> yay we did it. See, we should always end on whoever. Like, mine would have been a good one, though. Yeah, well, you... didn't. <laughs> I wanted to end on Mary Pinchin, and we didn't. No, we didn't. <laughs> okay, well, that's a wrap for that one. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, podcast.themacabre. Email us, podcast.themacabre at Gmail. We have a Patreon... It's the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> guys, it's the same everywhere. I promise. Yep, just yeah. go for it. Hit us a Gmail, baby girl. All... Yeah, hit us an email. Uh, if you feel so inclined, donate to the Patreon. We'd love to do merch. Yeah. Because we had a lot of fun designing the logo. Mm-hmm. It was very stressful, but it was fun. Yeah. We got our um, done, baby girl. So if you guys want to see some cool merch, donate, and maybe we'll start getting that out there. Other than that, no. bye!